We were just like <laughs> being drunk on Monday. We were just like been drunk on topic today yes <laughs> the topic for today's episode is drunk on aliens um there has been a congressional hearing going on with whistleblowers that have a lot of very interesting things to say about the pentagon <sighs> department of defense and aliens so we're going to talk all about aliens today that's our like main yeah. topic before we get into that yeah What's up? How you doing? Okay. Well, so Madison has a story yeah. she wants to tell no, me. So Madison and I were just chatting <laughs> before we hit the record button um, about our favorite coffee shop. Well, my favorite coffee shop, and you like it, it would be your first choice to go to too, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, in the area that we're at, um, and it's—I mean, I literally have been going there every weekend, mm-hmm. and I like to go there because it just gets me out of the house. Like, yeah. it gives me a day to like put on makeup, like, do my hair, leave mm-hmm. my apartment, and, like, yeah. I usually will go over with, like, a book or, like, my computer or whatever, and I'll sit there for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, a nice way to spend a part of a day um, yeah. to feel like a human and see other people that is not right. just, because obviously right now Ethan's gone, so it's just me here, but... Right. Um, so unless, like, you're making plans with a friend or something, like... Yeah, right. And know. so we were talking about their seating that they have there, so there's, like, Lots of tables sprinkled around. So basically, there's like a giant bar in the middle of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and you order at one end and you go pick up at the other. And then there's lots of tables like sprinkled around throughout. And obviously, you can sit at the bar, you can sit at the tables, or you you can sit. Um, they have a pair of like leather armchairs mm-hmm. with like a little coffee table in the middle. And that I'm is seated. that is my go-to especially because there is an outlet behind one of the chairs. perfect. So it has everything you could possibly need. It's a prime people-watching spot because it's, like, at the far end of the counter where you order. So it's Mm kind of close to where you pick up your drinks. But you can, like, watch everybody come in. And, like, so it's the best spot. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember this, but last fall... Is this the the guy? Yes. I don't know. I know. So last fall... I got very, very upset about um, a day that I spent at Coffee by Design because I was sitting in one of those armchairs by myself and I was reading and I had just gotten there. I just gotten there. Mm -hmm. And this guy comes up and he's like, is anybody sitting in this chair? Like, do you mind if I sit here? And I was about, I'm like, Oh, no, sure. like whatever. Like right. it's a whole communal space. Like yeah, no big gets, deal. It gets busy. Like yeah. there aren't always seats available. Right, and it's it's one thing like for somebody to say that if you're sitting at a table, but these right. chairs are kind of spread apart enough, and there's like a table right. in between, and they're not like facing each other. They're kind of both at an angle facing out. So like yeah, it's not weird. So I was like, okay, sure, yeah, whatever. And then this man proceeds to put his feet up. On the coffee table in between us. I, I hated that so much. When I was sent me so the snaps about it. mad 
about it. I was so mad. Um, because if you're coming in to somebody, you're coming to somebody and you're saying, can I share this space with you? Right. They were there first. Yeah. And then you put your feet up and his feet also like the coffee table was close enough where his feet were like they kind were of, in your space. they were in my space a hundred percent. Um, so we're in public, this get is a, your a, it's nasty a, ass yeah. shoes that have been outside in the streets of Portland Yes, off of this coffee table right. where people you are going to put their food and drink. You were in a restaurant, essentially. Like, come on. Were you raised in a barn? Yeah, and it's like- Men! Oh my god! Like, if, like <laughs> I said, if he had had the table first- and I came up and asked. Right. Different story. I'm agreeing to this but happening. But even then, it's it's gross. Still regardless, get your feet off the table. But I cannot like understand the audacity of like asking to share a space with somebody and then putting your feet in their face. Yeah. That's so. This happened last. This was last fall. Yeah. I have seen this guy in this coffee shop. Maybe like once a month. I see mm-hmm. him there. Because, like I said, I'm there every week. I go right. every weekend. Like, I'm a regular. If not, like, twice. <laughs> like, sometimes I'll go, like, on a Friday after yeah. work, and then I'll go on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I'm there twice a weekend. Um, but, so I see him consistently, um, but usually I'm at another table, and he always goes for those chairs. Mm-hmm. So this weekend. This past weekend. You guys are having, like, the battle of the coffee shop. Oh, my fucking God. Well, so, okay, and for context, <laughs> also, last time when this happened... I was so mad in the moment that I maybe sat there for 20 minutes and got up and left mm-hmm. early mm-hmm. and then was like <laughs> screaming the entire car ride home to nobody, just to myself, yeah. about like the audacity of this man. As one and does. Also, this was right around the time when I made myself a TikTok account. Yeah. And it was right around the time of that trend that was like one thing about me, you know, like yes. that thing. Uh, I so- missed that, honestly. <laughs> Just side note. Those were so funny. Those were so funny. And, like, the other day, one randomly popped back up in my feed, and I was like, I miss this so much. Anyway. So, I, so as I'm driving home, I was recording one of those, and I'm like, maybe I'll post it. Let me see if I can pull it up, because I was Right, is it in your drafts? No, it's, I just have the video, like, on my phone still. Mm. Um, but so, anyway, so I was so mad about that. I was there this weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. I was in Prime's prime chair. Yeah, so we're in the chair. Yeah. Although I was in the other one. So I was facing away from where everybody was walking in. So I was mm-hmm. facing the other way. So, of course, I didn't see him come up. Oh, no. And so somebody comes up and they're like, oh, like, is it okay if I sit here? And I was kind of just like, oh, yeah, sure. As I looked up and saw right. it was him. And you're like. And I was like. But also, oh! <laughs> like, even if you realized it was him before he asked, like, what yeah. were you going to do? No. you can't. It's like something you can't really say no right. to. Like, because, you're like, not a rude person. No. You would never just be like, no. Right, and it's not like I can lie and be like, oh, no, somebody's meeting me. Because right, because he's going to see that no one's me. going there. Right, and so, of course, he sat down across from me, and he did the same fucking thing and put his feet up on the no, table. No, okay, Yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. No, he did not. Except this time, I was like, I'm going to hold my ground here. Like, you're not pushing me out this time, bro. Because maybe that's why he's doing it, right? Like, maybe he's, like, he putting his feet to, up like, to try to claim the entire... It? I don't know. Oh my God. But, like, so rude. And for some reason, like, this time I didn't get quite as mad because... You were expecting he's done. it. I was, ex- I was expecting it. The second like, he's the down, bar like, is already low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let me... Do you want me to try and play this? Yeah, you I have it. no idea. I, I took, like, a zillion videos, but let me just... Hold on. One thing about me is every week... 
and I like to go to a coffee shop and read a book. So today I went to my favorite coffee shop, and I ordered a coffee, and I found a place to sit. Now, I found the best spot in the whole place. Two leather armchairs right by the window, and in between the leather armchairs is a coffee table. by myself driving <laughs> yeah not long this is back roads though this is like in the back roads of windsor Nicki Minaj? Is that you? <laughs> so, 
I recorded that the day that that first happened, and mm-hmm. literally the same exact thing happened. And you had a sequel. <laughs> yeah, except I didn't make a video about it. Mm. But yeah, that never saw the light of day on TikTok, but... Um, we could post it. <laughs> from the we archives. Could. We could. We, we honestly should. From the archives. And I'm not yeah. even going to put the song on it. <laughs> or maybe I will, just to, just to show... See. It's going to be too long, though. Oh, no. The song's just going to end at one point, and you're just going to be going. Um, yeah. So that's why we started talking about Coffee by Design, and then I was like, oh, I got to tell Madison this, so we have recorded it. But um, anyway, that was my anyway. the weekend, this past weekend. But um, other than that. What are you drinking? I am drinking our favorite... Not sponsor, but like, please sponsor us. Uh, Potential sponsor. Drink. Yeah, uh, it's a dogfish head. It's a culinary crafted cocktail, vodka crush, and the flavor is grapefruit and pomegranate. Nice. And that was like that sounds when, refreshing. Yeah, when we first hit the record button on this, I had just <laughs> taken a sip. I was like, ooh, that's good. And I'm like, <laughs> when I start recording, I usually leave a few seconds of silence in there on purpose so that I can do like a noise reduction on the audio file later. And Emma was just like, <laughs> so I was just leaving that pause in, and then she's like, that's good. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Well, it is good. It, it's interesting. Like, <clears throat> I wasn't sure if I would like it because I'm not a big grapefruit person. Yeah. But it tastes like, um, hold on. Doesn't really, I can't think of what it tastes like, but it tastes good. Like, I'm getting more pomegranate, I feel like, in grapefruit. I'm getting a little bit of grapefruit. That's what I would it's prefer. Like, it's, you can try it if you want. It's very, I know, I've had that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's very nice. It is good. It's just nice. So, yeah. What are you drinking? Uh, well, I just finished my iced tea, so I go. think I'm gonna have, uh, it's the rest tough. of the michelada... From last week. Yeah. I have some oh, leftover yeah. in Emma's fridge, so. There you go. That's amazing. I'm very excited for that, and I'm very excited to talk about Alien. Yeah. Aliens. Aliens. And when I say this, I'm referencing that meme that's circa, like, 2011 of the ancient aliens guy. Do you remember this meme? No. You don't? No. Oh, my God. This was, like... The original. This was one of the original sets of memes that came out. Wow, I mean, it looks it. <laughs> like, same era as, like, the baby that's, like, yeah. has his little fist, and he's like, yeah. And yeah. it's like, when you do this, meh. Like, yeah. it's that. Anyway. Gotcha. Okay. And he has, he's got, like, the crazy hair all standing on end. Um, <laughs> classic Ancient Aliens on the History Channel. I've never seen that show. Honestly, it's pretty good. Yeah, I believe it. Like, it's, like... Obviously, pretty like kitschy and stuff, yeah, of but I, it's entertaining. I think. Yeah. Um. All right. So, why are we talking about aliens today? Well, there's currently a House Oversight Committee, which is Congress. Yeah. On national security, and they're having hearings where former government employees are testifying that the Pentagon and Defense Department are hiding evidence from Congress and the U.S. public. That aliens are real. Which I feel like <laughs> the public, like, kind of knows that there's, like, some funky stuff happening, but, mm-hmm. like, nobody's talked about it. But, right. like, I feel like it has come out that, like, the government has admitted that they're real. Yes. Yeah, so, but, a like, couple years ago, the government declassified, um... Right. And they didn't fully declassify, but there's a lot, a lot of stuff redacted, but they declassified a set of things that basically acknowledged that, 
Um, UFOs, well, they call them, like, UAPs, but it's the same yeah. thing. Um, Which is what? Uh, unidentified identified... aerial phenomenon, okay. I think. Um, basically, they released a bunch of records of these weird things that, like, fighter pilots and test right. pilots and different parts of the military have observed while they're out and they can't explain yeah. what it is. Also, I feel like there have been so many, like, random things that, like, has come out in the news of, like, being in the air this year Mm -hmm. that, like, people kind of know something's up. Right. So, coming off of that, there is a former intelligence officer named David Grush, who is the main whistleblower, coming to the hearing. Can you say his title again? Uh, He's a former intelligence officer. So, like, who would he have worked for? Like, Um, I think he... Actually, don't I can I can if check you don't that. know that's fine. Um, I just didn't, like I when we talk about like the government knows that this has been happening and there's a whistleblower from the government. So, so naval like, intelligence, office of naval intelligence. Okay, is where that's he interesting. So yeah. like he probably has all of this info because stuff is like coming like falling into the ocean, right? Well, or, the navy has oh fighter pilot, fighter pilot. right? Okay. Come on, Top Gun. Same with me, Emma. Top Gun. <laughs> um, I have a little bit more info on okay, him in a yeah, second. Sorry. Um, but so David Grush is the main whistleblower, and there's also two former Navy pilots who saw UFOs on their job, Commander David Fravor and Ryan Graves. So these are the three okay. main witnesses testifying to this um, House Oversight Committee on Which, National like, Security. Got to be tough to be uh, a whistleblower on national security yeah. from a government agency whistleblowing and explaining things to another government agency. Yes, like exactly. People are going to hate you, but that's okay. Um, so, as we were saying earlier, David Grush, he's a former intelligence officer who worked on the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, which is the Office of Naval Intelligence's group investigating UFO sightings from 2019 to 2021. During that time, he claims that he interviewed several other intelligence officers who claimed they had seen alien technology firsthand. Wow. Um, so, a quote from Grush is, These are retrieving non-human origin technical vehicles. Call it spacecraft, if you will. Non-human exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. Hmm. Um, and so, that expert is actually from an initial interview he did with News Nation um, okay. that came out a couple months ago. So, this is when he first branched the subject and yeah. this kind of spurred into getting this hearing going gotcha okay. um he also said i fr- i thought at first i was being deceived and that it was a ruse but as his progr- oh my god as his career progressed people started to confide in me approach me i have plenty of senior former intelligence officers that came to me many of which i knew almost my whole career that confided in me that they were part of a program well mm-hmm. hear a little bit more on this program in a okay. second all right um, but that was two months before, and now we're at this hearing where he's coming forward to claim that the Pentagon is hiding evidence of alien spacecraft from Congress. So that's, I, I feel like it's one thing to hide evidence from the general public, so you're not causing, right. like, mass hysteria. So they're hiding it from other but to hide it from government Congress? programs. Yeah. That's crazy. And so the Pentagon is, like, Department of Defense. Yeah. Um, and so... Republican Representative Tim Burchett started by saying that the intelligence community, 
put up several barriers before the Subcommittee on National Security could even hold these hearings. Hmm. So they tried to stop it. To stop the hearing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he said the testimony would uncover the cover-up by the intelligence community. Wow. Um, so the Defense Department is denying this, it seems. They released a statement on Wednesday regarding these hearings. Mm-hmm. Um, and a Pentagon spokesperson say they have not discovered, quote, any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial materials have existed in the past or exist currently. Mm-hmm. So they just released a blanket statement saying, uh, we have no evidence that this is happening. Okay. Wow. Sounds offensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Grush reiterates his claim from the interview with News Nation, oh. yeah. saying that the U.S. has evidence of aliens, and that they have recovered non-human biological pilots from crashed crafts. Which, what? That's a loaded statement right there. So, he's saying, <gasps> not only have we recovered crafts that are definitely not made by humans, but there is matter inside them that is not human. Which... How I guess what? Like, how do you even determine if something's not human? I think um like I mean there's DNA be, and things okay, like that like you lots can do. Of science happening right. There. But I think even going beyond that, um organic life forms, at least in terms of Earth, are all carbon based. Okay. So you can look at the actual like chemistry gotcha. within the matter that you're looking at. So you can tell if it's something that's, like, from Earth or not. Okay. Or minimally, you can at least tell if it's human or not. Yeah. Um, so all the witnesses that have testified in this hearing think that the UFOs that they've seen are a threat. Whoa! Wait. So <laughs> Representative Glenn Grothman asked the witnesses if they believe that UFOs post a potential threat to our national security. Grush answered in the affirmative but said that he could not expand beyond what he had already claimed about the government's alleged crash retrieval and reverse engineering program. Mm. Fravor said that the UFO he saw over the Pacific could be a serious threat. Quote, the technology we face is far superior to anything we have, Mm. and described the tech as something that can go to space, drop down from space, stop in midair, reverse directions, turn at angles and velocities that a human could not endure in any tech known to man, do whatever it wants, and, quote, there's nothing we can do about it. Wow. And obviously, they definitely, I mean, obviously, I know you said that they said that they're, they think it's a threat, mm-hmm. but I think it's even more proof that they think it's a threat because they're whistleblowing, right? Like, yeah. they would not whistleblow if it wasn't important. Right. Oh, do you see the little yes. puppy? Oh my so Isn't it so cute? It's so little. It's like, it does not want to walk. No, he's done. <laughs> he's so cute. Yeah. See, like, they've already brought this puppy by a couple times, and he's tired. Yeah. Anyway, we can, we can always people watch from his apartment. Yeah, so, okay, sorry. Um, back to UFOs. So, both Fravor and Graves, which are the pilots that are testifying, yeah. claimed that no human could survive the G-forces of the UFOs they saw in the sky. So how yeah. fast they're moving and stopping and changing directions, they're like, no human could right. survive that. Like, you would be dead if you tried to do that. Right. And so Graves claimed a colleague flew within 50 feet of a UFO that he described as a gray cube inside of a clear sphere. What the fuck? So that's the other thing. All of the, um, like, UAPs that they're seeing are not shaped 
anything like any sort of aircraft. of aircraft or drone or anything that we have on Earth. Yeah. And they don't look like something that even should be able to fly. Right. And they can't tell how they're propelled a lot of times. And the fact, like, just think about, think about an airplane. Yeah. Stopping. Mid- yeah. That doesn't happen. And then we're going reverse. That right. alone, what the fuck? Yeah. Also, like, obviously all of our aircraft have wings and, yeah. like, propellers on them and stuff. Yeah. And, like, just a cube and a sphere. Yep. How does that... How? So there's also the Tic Tac incident, which is an infamous infamous 2004 incident where Fravor saw an unidentified foreign object that was caught on camera. The hmm. object was moved erratically and looked like a Tic Tac. So it was basically just like a cylinder. Like a pill kind yes. of looking, yeah. And it was later investigated by the intelligence community. In 2014 and 2015, Graves claimed to have seen mysterious craft without exhaust plumes, and without a visible engine, almost daily over the East Coast. Like of the United States? Yes. What the fuck? Wait. Mm, I don't like that. <laughs> More about the Tic Tac incident. Um, all four of us, so everyone that was yeah. flying that day, saw a white Tic Tac-shaped object with a longitudinal axis pointing north-south and moving very abruptly over the water like a ping-pong ball. Hmm. The pilot was quoted saying, these crafts move in ways that defy the laws of physics as we understand them. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't even understand physics. <laughs> right? So I'm like, <laughs> what? If you guys don't even think this is possible, what are we doing? Right. Um, another claim that Grush has made is that he says there are secret government programs that are funded by private companies. Related seems, to all of this. That seems like it should be illegal. Yes. So, okay. <laughs> he claims that while um, on the intelligent community's UFO task force, he became aware of a secret program, or multiple secret programs, inside the U.S. government that were in charge of unsanctioned technolo- technological research related to UFOs. Um, he says he has personally interviewed individuals who have direct knowledge of UFO crafts, but also of unsanctioned secret technological programs within the U.S. government. And he says these black programs are being funded by U.S. corporations who are overcharging the U.S. government and then misappropriating it to black programs unknown to Congress. So basically what he's saying uh, is happening is there are U.S. corporations yeah. that are charging the government for things yeah. that they're already doing for the government and then charging them extra. And that extra is what's funding these black programs that the government doesn't and then Congress okay. and everyone who approves these budgets doesn't know about. Gotcha. Okay. And um, these secret technological programs are usually people working on reverse engineering crafts that have been recovered. Okay. So trying to figure, figure out the technology out. and figure out how to make it our own. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Grush also claims that people have been threatened and physically hurt in the Pentagon's cover-up of the alleged UFO evidence and what he called the biologics evidence. So that would be like the pilots of these crafts that have crashed. 
He claims that huh. he has known people firsthand that have either experienced this, so they've been hurt or threatened. Yeah. Or have witnessed it happening or been ordered to happen to someone else. Wait, okay, so they're being threatened by, like, the aliens, basically? No, they're... Or by people... Pentagon's cover-up. So the Pentagon... Okay. Is threatening. Is threatening and physically hurting people to cover up this oh, activity. Oh, so they're like, don't tell anybody else about this or else we're going to... XYZ? Yes. And, and have done that. When he was asked if people have been killed to cover up things like this, Grush did not directly confirm this, but alluded that the answer was yes. Holy shit! What is happening? What? <laughs> so, one oh. interesting thing to note <laughs> is that Grush, he was asked one point why he wasn't referring to the aliens by the term extraterrestrials. Yeah. Which means not of this earth. That's literally what that yeah. word means. He said this was because he believed some of the biologics were indeed non-human, but that some could have been potentially interdimensional. Like, so, are we talking, like, interstellar only, shit? Yeah, like... It, Coming through the third dimension. Fourth dimension. Because we're in the third dimension um, right now. I don't even fucking know. So, coming into the third dimension from a different dimension. My brain cannot. So, not like... only do we have beings from different parts of space, but from different dimensions, potentially. What? <laughs> and throughout the hearing, Grush said he could not expand on his bold allegations that the U.S. is in possession of alien technology and the remains of non-human pilots whose UFOs have crashed. Because the majority of the information that he alleges he's aware of is classified. Yeah. So a lot Valid. of his answers are brief. Um, he'll say things where he'll kind of, like, agree to something, but then he'll say, I can't discuss that in an open session. Valid. So that was, like, his response when they were like, so have people been killed? And he yeah. he was like, I can't discuss that in an open session. That's valid. Like, the because obviously, no, you would say no. Yeah. Obviously, like, there, I'm sure there are things that he would want to say or, like, would be willing to say, mm-hmm. but, like, these hearings are being recorded and, like, it's public. It's public. You can watch so it. you don't want to tell the public, but, like, if members of Congress are going to ask, right. I'm sure he would tell them. Yeah, because if you know it's classified and then you share it, that could be um, uh, violating national security. Yeah, like, you could probably go to jail for that, right? Yes. Yeah. So, um, but, so he, because he has filed a whistleblower complaint, mm-hmm. he's also unable to provide corroborating information about the cover up because you're a whistleblower. So like, yeah, you, you, you can't get all of the evidence and like say all of the names directly, just like publicly. Right. Um, because of the nature of it. But when AOC asked him, because she's on this committee. Okay, it's so funny because, so Madison sent me a TikTok about this with clips from this this morning. Okay. Uh, and I watched the whole thing and I she wasn't even, like, featured. You'd think that she would be. But, like, she wasn't even in that video. So I didn't realize she was on that. Um, she asked him where the subcommittee could look for more information and whether any other officials could come forward. He said he couldn't answer. But he also said several times that he could further debrief representatives in an SCIF, which is basically a soundproof room for officials with security clearances used to disclose sensitive information. Hmm. So he's basically saying, 
if you give me the right circumstances and the people who have clearance to hear these details, I will share them. Yeah. And there were times where they asked for lists of names and stuff, and he said, I can't share that in this hearing, but I can provide you a list of names later. Hmm. After the heat, like there was one sense where he was like, right after this hearing, I will supply yeah. you names. So when he says like he can provide it to people with the right security clearances, mm-hmm. would members of Congress qualify with those security clearances? Because like probably not. So like you don't have to have a security clearance to be in Congress. So how are they ever going to get the answers? Oh, that makes total sense because certain crazy Congress people. Yeah, we don't need them not. to all have no, that. No, no. But basically, but how? If, so, if he could get interviewed by people that Congress oh, trusts they could, like, as a representative, he can corroborate what yeah, they're saying. Gotcha. Okay. And basically give them like a redacted yeah. version. And be like, yes, I heard him say this. I can confirm that this yes. is correct. And yeah. like the evidence is there and yeah. things like that. Okay. Um, so gotcha. I don't know if they're done yet or not. They have been going on for a little while. And yeah. like that's just a very quick overview. Like honestly. Go watch highlight videos of these things because there's so many stories and details and things that they say. And it's just crazy that this is a government hearing. Yeah. Yeah. He's under oath saying all of this. Holy shit. Like, all of these people are under oath. Yeah, when I watched the video that you sent me this morning, I guess I didn't realize that this is, like, the people who are testifying were government, like, employees yeah it's not just some crackpot that's what i thought it was no like this guy worked for the super secretive naval intelligence tax force and these other two so they were both like pilots in the navy doing a lot of this stuff but like one of them was a commander in the navy yeah so they're high-ranking officials that are coming out publicly to say these things so they're risking a lot yeah i was gonna say like so they feel that, very passionately about this. I'm amazed that, like, I guess I don't really understand much about, like, what whistleblowing is and, like, if there are any protections around it. But, like, I'm amazed that he, they're even allowed to say anything about it at all. Yeah, it's. I think it's definitely a very careful line he has to walk. Yeah. Um, but there are protections in place for whistleblowers, but that doesn't mean that you can just go, like... Right reveal a bunch of national secrets but you can reveal enough to try to spur on further investigations because basically their concerns are this is a risk to national security that is not being brought to the committees and people that make decisions about national security yeah so they don't think that things are being handled correctly by these parts of the government like this probably wouldn't even be something like would the president even know about any of this do you think I feel like the president knows about must. a lot of things. Yeah, must. It's like um in National Treasure where there's like the library with like all the yeah, secret. They it's have the president's the book. book. Yeah. It's in the president's book. Right, it's in the president's book. <laughs> um, but there's probably still things that he doesn't know. So Yeah. Who knows? Wow. Um but UFO sightings, they're not new. No. Yeah. Wow. Like there are UFO sightings that go back as far as history. Yeah. Like. Well, um, it's, it's like it's like when people say, like, oh, you know, all rumors, like, there's got to be a hint of truth to them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be, like, like, where would they have originated from? You know what I mean? So, like, because it's such a cultural phenomenon that, like, 
we've all kind of like locked into as a possibility. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like there's got to be a hint of truth from it. Like there's some weird shit happening, mm-hmm. and we all kind of know it, but like nobody's been able to like put together all the pieces, right? Except so, for apparently the Pentagon, right. and they're not sharing those pieces. <laughs> um. So like what I talked about earlier, the show Ancient Aliens. It's yeah. literally about yeah ancient civilizations and evidence of alien encounters or sightings on them. Yeah. One that's really popular um, is ancient Egypt. So there's yeah. a lot of like... Um, I feel like I've heard... And like the, in, Maya, the Mayans too? Yes. Yeah. But so the, the Egypt example, there's um, like in tombs and things like that, right? They have hieroglyphs and different things um, on the walls of these tombs. There's depictions of beings that look different than how they're depicting all of the humans like taller bigger different features with things that look like space helmets and stuff which they wouldn't you'd have to be really creative to come up with that because like things that look like spaceships how there's no technology how would they know what that looks like right the other thing is like a lot of people are like, how did they even build the pyramids? Stuff like that. Like, I, that's what I've heard. I right. Think. There's different um, advancements in those civilizations that people don't really understand how they got there. Mm. Um, there's a bunch of different encounters with UFOs listed in Roman history. Interesting. Um, so even things as early as cave paintings. Yeah. Show that there's things that yeah people have experienced that they don't understand. Um, so in 218 BCE, the Mm -hmm. historian Livy, who is from ancient Rome, Mm -hmm. wrote in detail about phantom ships seen gleaming in the sky. Wow. 42 years after he documented these, um, UFOs, uh, Gaius Plinius Sedunctus, also known as, uh, Pliny the Elder, um, was a writer, naturalist, and philosopher, wrote about his encounter with what, it may, what may have been a UFO. Um, we have an account of a spark falling from a star and increasing as it approaches the Earth until it became the size of the moon, shining as though through a cloud, it afterwards returned to the heavens. Hmm. So some people are like, oh, he just saw a meteor, but like, what do you... Return to the heavens. Unless the meteor can turn around, that seems <laughs> right. weird. Yeah. Um... And then there are many other different accounts in ancient Rome yeah. about um, UFOs being seen over battlefields. Oh. Now, this is something that's kind of an interesting point and in why the government specifically has a lot of information yeah. about UFOs, not just because they're looking for it because of, like, defense and stuff like that. Right. Um... So, obviously, there's a lot of civilian reports of UFO sightings, but there are even more reportedly in government files where UFOs are seen specifically in areas in or around military bases, airports, Mm. nuclear power plants, and weapons manufacturers, and also war zones. That's a scary thought. (laughs) So, it's almost like... They're trying to take our technology. Well, I don't think they need to take it. I think they want to understand what we have. What is our civilization capable of? Where are we at? And so um, they're also seen in war zones and things like that because our most modern tech is always where wars are. Yeah. That's how it gets implemented. Yeah. As we saw in Oppenheimer earlier, (laughs) right? Right. Um, Because that's what drives civilization. So fucking terrifying. Right? (laughs) 
Interesting stat for you. Oh, no. Nearly half of all Americans, and millions more globally, mm-hmm. believe that we're not alone and that there are aliens out there somewhere. I th- It's just, like, it would be very, like... Doesn't make selfish, sense selfish that we're isn't the, only the right ones. word. It would be very small-minded, um, yeah, or like self-centered. Yeah, to think that like our society is the only one that could, you know, pop up. Like and Earth is flourish. the only one that could have right? to, like sentient life. Like, uh, like knowing how massive the universe is and potentially even beyond. Like, you just don't know what's out there. Right. It would be silly to think that there's only one planet capable that of housing life. some sort of life. Yeah. Right. Like, no. So yeah. Um, but. While 40 million Americans say they have, oh, so sorry, half of all Americans, millions more globally, right? Yeah. 40 million Americans say they have seen or know someone who has seen a UFO. Hmm. 40 million Americans? I know someone who says they've seen a UFO. Really? Mm -hmm. I don't think I do. I don't think. Wow. Yep. I actually know two people. What? Okay. They were both, like, extended family members of, like, friends growing up. Yeah. Separately. But they're, um, there are people out there. That's crazy. um, there's also a growing number of people who believe they've met. No way. What? Okay. So. In what world? uh, Alien abduction and encounter stories. What? You never heard of alien abduction stories? Well, I know that, like, it's a... This idea that people have, but, like, I've never, like, I will read through a couple. Yeah. Um, so, one of the most notable is the Barney and Betty Hill incident. So, Barney and Betty Hill were an American couple who claimed they were abducted by extraterrestrials, you're gonna Mm. hate this part, in a rural portion of New Hampshire. That's too close. That's too close. <laughs> From September 19th to the 20th in 1961. Hmm. The incident became known as the Hill Abduction. Um, and their story was later adapted into a best-selling book hmm. and a 1975 television film. Interesting. But the Hills, background on them. They lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Too close. <laughs> Barney was employed by the U.S. Postal Service. Okay. While Betty was a social worker. So, so just, like, edu- two yeah, educated people, like. Yeah, two normal people in society. Yeah. Um, they were both active in their local Unitarian congregation. Okay. And they were also members of the NAACP. They were community leaders. Barney sat on a local board of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. Yeah. Um, and they were an interracial couple. Which was very uncommon at that time. So they were pretty, like, ahead of their time and their ideas and thoughts on, uh, like, social programs. And they were very involved in their community. Okay. So it wasn't like they were just two random crazy people. Yeah. According to a variety of reports given by the Hills, the alleged UFO sighting happened about 10.30 p.m. September 19th, 1961. Okay. So they were driving back to Portsmouth from their vacation in Niagara Falls and Montreal. Okay. So just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, Mm. 
Betty claimed to have observed a bright point of light in the sky okay. that moved from below the moon and the planet Jupiter that they could see at the time, mm-hmm. upward to the west of the moon. While Barney was driving down U.S. Route 3, okay. Betty reasoned that she was seeing a falling star because it was only moving upward. Mm. It's like, okay. Um... But then it started moving erratically and growing bigger and brighter. Oh, okay. She urged Barney to stop the car so she could get out and take a closer look. And they had their dog, Delcy, with them. So they're like, we'll, get, we'll give him a little walk. I want to see whatever is, like, <laughs> dancing around in the sky. Yeah. And so they stopped at a scenic picnic area just south of Twin Mountain. So she had binoculars with her. Mm-hmm. So now Barney takes the binoculars, and he observed what he reasoned was a commercial airliner traveling towards Vermont on its way to Montreal. So he's like, no, no, it's just it's just, just a, a plane. plane. Okay. However, he soon changed his mind, because without looking as if the aircraft had turned, it rapidly descended in his direction. Whoa. <laughs> Quote, Barney realized... This object that was a plane was not, not a plane. A plane. <laughs> so they get back in their car and they continue driving down, which is very isolated because now they're moving through Franconia Notch. Okay. Yeah. And the object is getting even closer now, even though they're driving. It's still getting closer to them. That's kind of creepy. It's close enough where at one point, the object passed above a restaurant and signal tower that was on top of Cannon Mountain, where they were driving, mm-hmm. and came out near Old Man of the Mountain. Okay. Which is no longer there, right? No, it fell off. Yeah. Didn't we try to go see it? Uh, was that with you where we drove up there? Maybe it was with Anthony. I don't think so. Either way, I have yeah, no, driven where they are. That Old Man of the Mountain, like, that rock fell off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've driven where they yeah, are right creepy. now. Yeah, creepy. Um... So, when it goes by, Betty testified that this object was at least one and a half times the length of that granite cliff profile. Wow. Which was 40 feet long. And wow. that it seemed to be rotating. Okay. And they watched it as it moved erratically back and forth in the night sky, and they noted that it was silent. Even though it's huge and it's close, it's not making any noise. Prius. <laughs> right? <laughs> so... They keep driving, because they're like, okay, now we're kind of getting freaked out. Yeah. One mile south of Indian Head, the object rapidly descended toward their vehicle, causing Barney to stop in the middle of the highway. Wow. The huge silent craft hovered about 80 to 100 feet above their car, and it filled their entire view in the windshield. Wow. Um... And Barney said it looked like a huge pancake, so it was like this flat disc, okay, hovering what the above hell? their car because they were looking at it, and then it seemed to notice them. Yeah. Um, Wait. So this whole time it hadn't noticed them. No, it, I think it had. Okay. Yeah. From very far away. Yeah. Okay. When they stopped to look at it, it seemed to start moving towards yeah, them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now it's eighty feet above them. Yeah. Okay. Um. Now, Barney had his pistol with him, Mm. so he kept it with him in his pocket, and he stepped away from the vehicle to move closer to the object. Mm -hmm. Using the binoculars, 
This is where it gets weird. Mm-hmm. Barney claimed to have seen eight to eleven humanoid-like figures who were peering out of the craft's windows, seeming to look at him. What the hell? In unison, all but one figure moved to what appeared to be a panel on the rear wall of some hallway that he could, like, see with his binoculars Mm. that encircled the front portion of the craft. Hmm. The one remaining figure continued to look at Barney and somehow communicated a message that seemed to say, like, stay where you are, but keep looking. Yeah. Um, Wait, that message was communicated to him. To Barney. Yeah. So, like, they motioned or did something that he understood yeah. that's what so they So they were like, stay right there, we're coming for you. And keep looking at us. Weird. Barney had a recollection of observing the humanoid forms wearing glossy black uniforms with black capes. Red lights um, on what appeared to be bat wing fins began to telescope out of the sides of the craft. Mm. And a long structure descended from the bottom of the craft. Hmm. Um, and it approached to what Barney estimated was within 50 feet of him overhead and like 300 feet in front of him. So it's like coming down and it's 300 feet in front of him, but only like 50 feet above. Yeah. Okay. Um, he reported like, he reported this a month later to like the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, Hmm. um, NICAP. Mm-hmm. Um, and said beings were somehow not human. So he's like, they look human, but they're not. Yeah, okay. So, it does this and then goes away. Okay. And they drive home. Yeah. After they arrive home at about dawn, this hill stated that they had some odd sensations and impulses that they couldn't explain. Hmm. Betty kept insisting, keep the luggage near the back door. Don't keep it in the main part of the house. Like, put it by the back door. She's like, I, she just kept being like, no, put it by the door. Put it by the door. Like, she couldn't explain why, but, like, she just had this impulse. Yeah. Um, the watches that they were wearing mm-hmm. stopped working. Weird. And they could never get them to work again. Weird. Um, so, with watches like that, it's like magnetic force that would probably mess with those, right? Yeah. I think so. Um... Barney also said that the leather strap of the binoculars he had was torn, but he didn't remember it tearing. Hmm. The toes of his best dress shoes were scraped. Weird. And Barney says he was compelled to examine his genitals in the bathroom, but he didn't find anything unusual. So for some reason, he just like felt he's like, I need to I need to make sure I'm okay. That's weird. Um, they both took long showers because they were like, whatever we just saw. Yeah. Like, ooh, is there contamination? Like, what was that? We don't know. Yeah. So they both took really long showers and drew pictures of what they had observed. Okay. They tried to reconstruct a chronology of events as they witnessed the UFO and drive home. Yeah. But once they sat down, like, they sat down together, like, okay, let's, let's both, like, recount what happened. Yeah. Immediately when they tried to do this, they both said they heard buzzing sounds, 
and their memories became incomplete and fragmented. Weird. So there's more stuff that happens that, like, in this account, but they can't remember it. So yeah. there's pieces of this that are missing. Interesting. It's also weird, and I don't know if this will say anything about this, but, like, I'm, so they were driving from Montreal to New Hampshire, which should not be very far. And they yeah, get home. The back. They yeah. get home at dawn. Who so, leaves Montreal at like? They would have left Montreal at, like eleven p.m. or like midnight or one a.m. You know what I mean? Because it's not that far. Weird. Um. And then they're like, okay, let's like go to sleep a bit. It's late. They got back at dawn, basically. Which yeah, that's so ten thirty to dawn to go from Lancaster to Portsmouth. No, it should not take that long. It only takes you, like, an hour to get through New Hampshire, period, right? I don't know where Lancaster is, but, like... I would say maybe two hours tops to drive, because they're going, like, lengthwise down. Okay, yeah. But, you know, so they go to sleep for a few hours. Betty wakes up, and she placed the shoes and clothing that she had worn during the drive into her closet. When she does this, she observes that her dress was torn at the hem, Mm -hmm. zipper, and lining a lot you would remember that happening and later when she retrieves the items back from her closet to look at them again she noted a pinkish powder was on her dress weird she hung the clothes out on a clothesline and the pink powder blew away but the dress was irreparably damaged because it was ripped like everywhere she threw it away but then changed her mind retrieving the dress and hung it in her closet yep good call over the years, five laboratories have conducted chemical forensic analysis on the dress. Hmm. Also, there were shiny concentric circles on the car's trunk that had not been there the previous day. That's weird. Betty and Barney experimented with a compass near it because compass works because of the magnetic, magnetic fields of the earth. Yeah. And they said nothing moved it close to the spots. Uh, well, so nothing moved it, except when they got close to the spots, the needle would whirl rapidly. Creepy. Okay, don't love that. But when they moved it a few inches away from the shiny spots, the compass would just drop down and point like normal. Yeah. Okay, that's weird. So, there's more. Okay. Um, when they make that initial report that I mentioned earlier to the NICAP, um, which also works with the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walter Webb was the uh, investigator they talked to. He was a Boston astronomer and a member of the NICAP. Um, He met with them October 21st, Mm -hmm. so this is like a month later. Okay. In a six-hour interview, the Hills related all they could remember of the UFO encounter, uh, which is kind of what I just read through. Yeah. And Barney stated he had developed a mental block that he suspected there were some portions of the event that he did not wish to remember. Interesting. So he's like, either I am blocking myself from remembering these things because I'm repressing something yeah. bad, right. or it's something like else is making me not remember it. Yeah. Uh, he described in detail all that he could remember about the craft and the experience of the somehow not human figures aboard it. Webb stated that they were telling the truth, because, like, he can read people's tells and stuff. And he's like, they seem like they're telling the truth. Yeah. And the incident probably occurred as they've reported it, except for some minor uncertainties and technicalities that 
have to be tolerated when you have observations where human judgment is involved. Mm -hmm. So, like, exact time, length of visibility, sizes of the object and the occupants, distances and things like yeah. that. Because it's all judgment. Sure. Ten. So, now, back to when this happened. Mm -hmm. Ten days after this encounter... Betty began having a series of vivid dreams, which continued for five successive nights. Okay. She stated that she experienced them with a degree of detail and intensity that she never had before. Okay. So she's like, these are the strongest dreams I've ever like, had. Like, maybe memories. Right. Five days in a row of them. Yeah. After the fifth night, they stopped and never recurred, although they would occupy her thoughts during the day. Hmm. Um... When she mentioned them to Barney, he was sympathetic towards her, but he wasn't too concerned, and the matter was dropped. Mm. And Betty never mentioned them to Barney again. Now, she keeps thinking about them, though. So in November, she began writing down the details of her dreams. Mm -hmm. In one dream, she and Barney encountered a roadblock and men who surrounded their car. She lost mm. consciousness but struggled to regain it in the dream. Mm-hmm. Then she realized that she was being forced by two small men to walk in a forest at night. And of seeing Barney walking behind her, though when she called to him, he seemed to be in a trance or sleepwalking. Hmm. The men stood about five feet to five feet four inches tall and wore matching blue uniforms with caps similar to those worn by military cadets. Hmm. They appeared nearly human with black hair, dark eyes, prominent noses, and bluish lips. Their skin was a grayish color. Weird. She and Barney were taken to their car, where the leader suggested that they wait to watch the craft's departure. They did so and then resumed their drive home. Hmm. Now. Missing time. Okay. What we were talking about before. Yep. It's 178 miles okay. from where they left in Canada to get to where they lived in Portsmouth. Yeah. So that should have taken four hours. Okay. Um, they initially didn't realize that they had arrived home seven af hours after they left. So, yeah, three, three hours, hours longer. Yeah. The Hills claimed to recall almost nothing of the 35 miles of Route 3 between Lincoln and Indian Head and Ashland, where all of this happened. Happened. Like, they don't really remember all of the driving that happened when they first saw it and, like, yeah. moved around. Yep. Um, both claimed to recall an image of a fiery orb sitting on the ground. Okay. Whenever they try to think of that, that's the only thing that comes to their mind. Weird. Okay. Um, and then Betty and Barney reasoned, oh, we must be remembering, like, the moon or something. Yeah, right. But just as the sun sets, the moon sets, too. Mm-hmm. So, by the time that they, like, at this point in the night where they're saying, oh, we must be, have been seeing the moon that we're remembering, the moon had already set by this point. Wow. Okay. Um, so then someone brought up hypnosis. Mm. They're like, we should try hypnosis on you because that can help you bring out repressed memories. Right. Uh, Barney was apprehensive but thought it might help Betty put to rest what Barney described as the nonsense about her dreams. Yeah. Um, so, some notes about Barney's sessions. Under hypnosis, which was consistent with his conscious recall, 
Barney reported that the binocular strap had broken when he ran from the UFO back to his car. So okay. remember, at first he's like, I, I don't remember how this happened. Yeah. When, under hypnosis, he's like, oh, it's because I was running back to the car. Okay. He recalled driving the car away from the UFO, but afterward he felt irresistibly compelled to pull off the road and drive into the woods. Don't like that. He eventually sighted six men standing on the dirt road. The car stalled, and three of the men approached the car. They told Barney not to fear him. He was still anxious, however, and he reported that the leader told Barney to close his eyes. Okay. While he was hypnotized, remembering this, yeah. he says, I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Barney described the beings as generally similar to Betty's hypnotic recollection, which we'll get in, like... Yeah. To in a second. Yeah. Okay. Um, the beings often stared into his eyes and Barney with a terrifying, mesmerizing effect. Mm. Under hypnosis, Barney said things like, "Oh, those eyes—they're there in my brain." No. Which was from his first hypnosis session. Okay. Um, I was told to close my eyes because I saw two eyes coming close to mine, and I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. I don't like that. From his second hypnosis session, and. All I see are these eyes. I'm not even afraid that they're not connected to a body. They're just there. They're just up close to me, pressing against my eyes. I don't like that. Well, Betty reported a conversation with what seemed to be their leader in English. Barney said that he heard them speaking in a mumbling language he did not understand. I don't like that. Betty also mentioned this in detail. The few times they communicated with him, Barney said it seemed to be thought transference. No. And at the time, he was unfamiliar with the word telepathy. So he okay. didn't even know that th- what that meant or that that was, like, a concept. Yeah. So he's like, there are thoughts were in my brain. Yeah. And he didn't know, like, oh, like, telepathy's a thing that I should say happened. Yeah. You know? In the marketing world, we would call that unaided awareness of, like, they're coming up with that. Right. Without being prompted. Yes. Yeah. Yikes. So... In Betty's sessions, under hypnosis, her account was similar. So her account of what she says happened Mm -hmm. is very similar to what happened in her dreams. Oh my god, this is creepy. But there were some notable differences, mainly pertaining to her capture and release. Also, the technology on the craft was different. Okay. From her dreams. And the short men differed significantly in physical appearance and the sequential order of the abduction differed. Okay. However, and they interview them separately under hypnosis. Yeah. Barney and Betty's memories during hypnotic regression were consistent with one another. So it means it probably actually happened. Because they're both confirming it separately mm-hmm. without having, like, chatting about it. Right. Yikes. So, after they go through the hypnosis and there's publicity around it, they go back to their regular lives. Mm. They were willing to discuss the alleged UFO encounter with friends, family, and an occasional UFO researcher, but they didn't make any um, effort to speak about it publicly. Yeah. So, they reported it to this, like... Committee or whatever. Committee went through the hypnosis sessions, but they weren't, like, going and trying to get published or get fame from it. That's why, if somebody was making it up, they would be trying to get fame from it. They would want attention, so they would immediately go to, like, newspapers, press, media, like... Right. Yeah. And so, um... 
Why it's became popular, though, is because the Boston Traveler okay. picked it up so in like 1965. A newspaper magazine or something? I think it's a newspaper, but I think they cover a lot of, like, kind of stories yeah. like this. Uh, reporter John H. Luttrell of The Traveler had allegedly been given an audio tape recording of the lecture the Hills had made in Quincy Center in late 1963 about this. Okay. He learned the Hills had undergone hypnosis with... Um, his, his name was Simon, who did the uh, hypnosis sessions. Okay. So he also obtained notes from confidential interviews the Hills had given to UFO investigators. How did he get that? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, the next day, United Press International picked up his story. Great. And the Hills earned international attention. Hmm. So, like, they didn't seek any of that press coverage Yeah. Um, there was also a writer, John G. Fuller, in 1966 who got cooperation from the Hills and Simon to write a book mm. about this occurrence. Interesting. Okay. Um, now, in 1969, Barney dies of a cerebral hemorrhage. Oh. It's only three years after, at the age of 46. That's Is that young for something like that to happen? I mean, a like, cerebral they... hemorrhage can technically happen any time. Yeah. But it was but, just like, but that's so a cerebral hemorrhage is like when your brain is bleeding, right? And it just yes bleeds and bleeds until you die. Sudden, so it's like sudden bleeding into the tissues of the brain, into its ventricles, or both. Um, so it makes you wonder if like this incident, whatever happened with this these potential like UFOs and like extraterrestrials, like if that could have caused it. Or something yeah. like, some causes, damage could have been done. Causes typically include brain trauma, aneurysms, uh, vein malformations in your brain, and brain tumors. Mm. So they can happen randomly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then after this, Betty went on to become some sort of type of celebrity in the UFO community. Again, not because mm-hmm. she wanted it, but because of all of this press it coverage. Happened. Yeah. Um, and then in 2004, at 85, she died of cancer. Wow. And she never remarried. I'm kind of amazed, to be honest, that people believed them. I mean, there are obviously things that are, like, pointing to the fact that, like, it's valid and that this happened to them because they're both able to, like, verify what each other is saying under hypnosis. But, like... It just blows my mind that, like, even their original story, like, when they were going to this committee... I mean, I guess the committee is, like, wanting to, like, hear these stories. But, like, it's just hard for me to believe that somebody would believe that story, period, at the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know? This... It's, like, a really bad sketch, but this is what Barney drew. This is what he thought they looked like. Okay. Yeah, it's, like... What everybody's thought of, like, what an alien looks like is that, pretty much. Yeah, kind of, like... Head is bigger on top, kind of right. comes down into the chin. Big eyes. The like eye, big eyes, but they're kind of, like, narrow and, like, slanted yeah. and, like, go across, like, half of their face yeah. Although with a little hat on. Yeah. Like, you know how I, I just said, like, the it's kind of... nose looks like Voldemort. Yeah. And honestly, can you imagine a creature actually looking like this no. and you see it? Because that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. It is interesting that, like, if this happened in, like, 1961, like... Mm-hmm. That probably set the standard for what everybody expected them to look like. Well, there were already, already things like alien 
things yeah. around by then. So there's people who have tried to rebuke it by being like, no, like, there's aliens in media that, like, looked kind of like this. So that's yeah. why he thought it looked like that. But I don't know. Hmm. That's um, crazy. So that's the case of Betty and Barney Hill. Wow. Now let's talk about Travis Walton. Okay. So, the Travis Walton UFO incident was an alleged alien abduction of American forestry worker Travis Walton by a UFO on November 5th, 1975. Okay. While he was working in the Apache Sigtreves National Forest near Snowflake, Arizona. Hmm. Walton was missing for five days and six hours. Holy shit. After days of searching with scent dogs and helicopters... Walton says he reappeared by the side of a road near um, Heber, Arizona. Okay. The Walton case received mainstream publicity and remains one of the best-known alien abduction stories, while scientific skeptics consider it a hoax, which they normally do. Yeah. Um, so, have you ever heard of the film Fire in the Sky? I don't think so. Um, it was in 1993, uh, but it's based on the book that... Travis Walton wrote about his experience. Okay. Um, and it, it was pretty popular. Okay. Um, but it's, it's about this. Yeah. So, um, so according to Walton and a number, a number of other members of the logging group he was with mm. on November 5th, 1975, he was working with a timber stand improvement crew in this forest near Snowflake, Arizona. Okay. While riding in a truck with six of his co-workers, they allegedly encountered a saucer-shaped object hovering over the ground approximately 100 feet away, hmm. making a high-pitched buzz. Okay. Walton says that he got out of the truck and approached the object, which, uh, why? Yeah. that's and Drive away. The last one, too, the same thing. He got out of the car and went to look at it. I'm like, but also I like just what? leave it. <laughs> like, if you saw something like that, like, what? Where, if you're in the car and it's following you, like, where, do you, where are you going to go? Yeah, that's true. You just go home and then you get out of your car. Yeah, that's true. Right? So, <clears throat> they all stop. They all see this. He gets out of the truck and approaches the object, and a beam of light suddenly appears from the craft, and he goes unconscious. Hmm. The other six men with him yeah. were frightened, and they drove away. What the fuck? They just left him. Because what he's in this light beam in front of the shape, and he did. They just see him go on the ground, and they just fucking leave. Do they at least try to go get help? Um, I'm not sure. Probably, but Walton says that when he wakes up, he's in a hospital-like room, mm. being observed by three Yikes. short, bald creatures. Nope, don't like that. He says that he fought with them. Until a human wearing a helmet comes in and leads him to another room where he blacks out as three other humans put a clear plastic mask over his face. What the Almost fuck? like a surgical, yeah. like, anesthesia mask. <coughs> Walton says that he remembers nothing else until he finds himself walking along a highway. What? With the flying saucer departing above him. And this is the highway where authorities find him. To be gone for that many days? 
And just knowing that, like, people are probably doing, like, aliens are probably doing little tests on you. I don't like that. (laughs) So, for the five days he was gone, the authorities thought he'd been murdered by his co-workers. (laughs) And then he just shows back up. Oh, my God. Wow. And so they all take polygraph tests. All of the co-workers who were there and saw the spacecraft took polygraph tests and all passed. Hmm. Except one which was inconclusive. Yeah. Which is normal with a polygraph test, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. So, a lot of people have been like, oh, his family was known to, like, like UFOs and things like that. So he definitely made it up. But I'm like, him plus six, six other people. loggers yeah, decided... Then got- to blame make it up. Who got blamed for his murder after. Also, where did he go for five days? Like, where did he hide out? Yeah. And just show back up? Right. Like. Do you know if, like, the place where he was abducted from and the highway where he was, like, dropped off, are they close to each other? 36 minutes if you drive nonstop because it's all through, like, forests and stuff. Yeah. So. I feel like that's far on foot. Yes. But, like, to be fair, he probably could have walked it in five days, but, like... Right. But it's, like... Why would you want to? There's not really much out there. Like, you're near, like, a state park. There's a bunch of mountains, forest. Yeah. A lake. I don't know. What the hell? Okay, I know. that. Probably the weirdest one we're going to talk about. I'm scared. The Ariel School UFO incident. A school? There's kids involved? Um. So, on September 16th, 1994. Okay. That's good to know that this one is more recent. I mean, it's still over 20 years ago, but, like, the other two were so long ago that it's, like, they could be not real, you know what I mean? Because they were just forever ago. And, like, Why? I don't know, I feel like in the 60s and 70s it was like an alien craze, you know what I mean? I don't think it was. I think it's just Roswell was in like 75 or something, so that's why we think of it. But those both happened before that. Okay, well. But I'm just glad to know that there's one like more Oh, there's. I just pulled three of like the more famous ones. There's there's many more. Okay, well. Um, So, the Ariel School. Yeah. On September 16th, 1994, there was a UFO sighting outside of Rua, Zimbabwe. We're in Zimbabwe for this one. Oh, okay. 62 pupils at the Ariel School, aged between 6 and 12, said that they saw one or more civil silver crafts descend from the sky and land on a field near their school. What? One or more creatures dressed in all black then approached the children and telepathically communicated to them a message with an environmental theme. Frightening the children and causing them to cry. Yeah. I have to say, this is a really side note, but the streetlights outside just came on and it's like this bright, like, bright white light in a cloud of like, or in amongst like dark clouds. I'm like, oh my God, what just happened? <laughs> it's happening to us. Just kidding. Keep going. Um, so, not all of the children at the school that day stated that they saw something, but 62 of them. Did. That's a lot. And several of those 
do maintain that their account is true to this day. Wow. Okay. So, um, Rua is a small agricultural center, uh, mm. located 22 kilometers southeast of the capital of Zimbabwe. Okay. Um, at the time of the incident, it was not a town, but more like a local place name. Mm. So it was more just like a crossroads of this like architecture, not architectural, agricultural region. Okay. But the aerial school was an expensive private school. Hmm. Most of the pupils were from wealthy white families in the capital. Okay. Two days prior to the incident at Ariel, there had been a number of UFO sightings throughout southern Africa. Interesting. The entire continent. Yeah. Not just South Africa, like southern Africa. Right. There have been numerous reports of a bright fireball passing through the sky at night. Many people answered ZBC Radio's request to call in and describe what they had seen. Although some witnesses interpreted the fireball as a comet or a meteor, Mm. it resulted in a wave of UFO mania in Zimbabwe at the time. Okay. Um, So, the sightings at the school occurred at 10 Mm a.m. when pupils were outside on their mid-morning break. Now, the adult faculty at the school were inside having a meeting at the time. There are no adults outside. So all the kids are just outside for, like, recess. Okay. The entire incident lasted about 15 minutes. Okay. The children returned to class and told the teachers what they had seen, but the teachers, like, dismiss it. They're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, They returned home and told their parents. Many of those parents came to the school the next day to discuss what had happened with the faculty. Hmm. And the sighting ends up getting reported on ZBC Radio. Okay. And Cynthia Hind hears about it, who's a correspondent of BBC. Okay. Um, And also Tim Leach, who's a BBC correspondent in Zimbabwe. Okay. He visits the school on September 19th, which is three days after. Mm Mm-hmm. To film interviews with pupils and the staff. After investigating the incident, he stated... I could handle war zones, but I could not handle this. What? <laughs> that is a bold statement. Now, um, Cynthia Hind visits the school on September 20th. She interviewed some of the children and asked them to draw pictures of what they had seen. She reported that all of the children told her the same story. That's a lot. 62 kids is a lot to have the same story. Yeah. Like, one or two people, it's like, oh, they've kind of come together to decide on this beforehand. Right. 62, 62 people. Kids there would between be, the ages of 6 and 12. Yeah. There would be some discrepancies mm-hmm. if it was, like, a fake story. Like, it would come across. You would be able to tell. Mm-hmm. So, um, in November of that year, Harvard University professor of psychiatry, John Mack, visits the school to interview witnesses. Um, throughout the 90s, he had investigated UFO sightings and had a particular interest in alien abduction phenomena. So he, mm-hmm. like, studies this. So his interviews, Heinz interviews, and Leach's interviews, they they interview, like, pretty much all the people who saw yeah. this UFO. Um, all of the 62 children said they had seen at least one UFO. Okay. 
Now, dozens of more children who were also outside in various areas, because they're all just kind of running around the schoolyard. Right. Some are out back, some are out front, you know. Um, there were also dozens who were present and stated they hadn't seen any and hadn't seen anything unusual. Okay. So that also makes it a little bit more believable because if just all of the kids were all like the same exact yeah. story, then it's like, oh, did they all come together to pull a prank? Right. But now it's like some of the kids are like, no, I didn't see anything. And then all the kids in one area all saw something, you right. know, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, the basic details of the sightings were quite consistent, although not all the details were. Mm. Which also, if they all were making up a story, all of their details would probably be the same. Right, and there wouldn't be any variance. Right, but these are all kids interpreting something, so... Yeah. The way that their mind is trying to comprehend it might change some things. Yeah. Um... So, some said they saw one silver object, some said they saw more, Mm -hmm. Um, but they all were usually described as discs that appeared in the sky. They then floated down to the field of brush and small trees just outside the school property. Hmm. Between one and four creatures with big eyes, dressed all in black, exited a craft and approached the children. At this point, many of the children ran away, but some mostly older children, Yeah, stayed and watched the approach. Hmm. According to the interviews that Mac conducted, who was the Harvard professor, Yeah. the creature, cre- creature or creatures then telepathically communicated to the children an environmental message before returning to the craft and flying away. Hmm. <clears throat> According to um, some of these reports, the telepathic message part of the story was not included in the initial two reporters' stories, Hmm. only in Max, but later on, one of the reporters ended up reporting on it, too. Okay, gotcha. So, more than one person got this message from them. Gotcha. Um, In Max's interviews, one fifth grader tells how he was warned about something that's going to happen, and that pollution has to stop. An 11-year-old girl told Mac, I think they want people to know we're actually making harm on this world and we mustn't get too technologied. That's how she says it. She's a kid. She's a kid, yeah. One child said that he was told the world would end because they are not taking care of the planet. Whoa. So they all get these messages basically saying humans are killing the earth and you guys need to tell everyone to stop. Yeah. So 1994? Right. Yeah. If these kids weren't scared enough, now these things are telling them that their world's going to end. Yeah. Cool. Right. Um, The children were adamant that they had not seen a plane. Everyone kept being like, was it a plane? Are you sure? And they were like, it was not a fucking plane. Yeah. Um, Not one child said, yeah, maybe it was a plane. Right. And so one of the reporters also noted that... um, Some of these children had very different cultural backgrounds, Mm. and so that gave rise to different interpretations of what they had seen, and why not all of them believed that they had seen extraterrestrials. Okay. So some of the children thought the short little beings they saw were Tikalshas, which are um, creatures of some of the more, like, native tribe of the area's folklore. Okay. So some of them see these things and think of, like, the mythologies they know from their cultures. Right. And think it's that. Okay. Most of them, though, are like, these are aliens. Yeah. 
So, <clears throat> the this incident quickly became one of the most famous UFO cases in Africa. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it's also been described as one of the most significant events in UFO history. Yeah. Because um, it's so many people to, like, confirm that they saw it and that it happened. Right. There's just a lot of skepticism around it, obviously. But one thing that's kind of interesting that some people have noted is that because they're rural school children in Zimbabwe, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't have had exposure to modern media. Um, So they wouldn't really have a familiar, they wouldn't be familiar with the concept of UFOs and alien visitors. Right. Right. So there was a lot of like really specific details that like all of these different children describe that it's like, how would they have all come up with it if they were from like a very rural community? Right. That didn't really have access to media like that. That's a good point. And so, sorry, just to confirm, you said the school was, like, a special, like, agriculture school? No, it's just in a... a, So, where they were was basically just a very agricultural area. It wasn't even really a town. It was a really expensive private school that people that lived in the capital sent their children to to get out of the city. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, So, a little bit more about how some of the interviews went. Mm. Uh, so Hind interviewed the children in groups of four to six mm-hmm. with every other child allowed to listen in those groups. Yeah. And their stories were uh, definitely cross-contaminated because they were in groups. They are in groups, yeah. Uh, Mac only interviewed the children two months after the alleged sighting. Okay. So there's that. They could have talked about it. Yeah. And... Um, Apparently, Mac was a known environmentalist, so, so some people been, are saying he made up the telepathic communication yeah, he angle. pushing his own agenda. Right. Yeah. Hello. Several of the witnesses maintain that what was reported in, is true. In 2014, so that's yeah, 20 years 20 later. 20 years after, yeah. Uh, the Mail and Guardian spoke to one witness who said that she fears that the creatures will return. And then she, and she can sense when they're back in the atmosphere. Oh, that's creepy. And so, remember, all of the teachers were in a meeting. Yeah. But one of the teachers, named Emily Trim, claimed to have witnessed the UFO. Interesting. According to her account, she saw a silver disc-shaped craft hovering above the ground near the school. Yeah. She reported the object made a soft humming sound and then departed at high speed. Okay. So this added credibility to the children's claims because it's an adult. It's an adult, right. Now, there were other staff members and adults at the school who reported seeing unusual aerial phenomena on the day of the incident. Okay. Their testimonies, along with the consistency of the children's descriptions, were considered significant factors that contributed to the level of attention and interest this case received. Hmm. Um, In 2016, Emily Trim uh, exhibited paintings... That she described as a manifestation of the messages she received from the beings that day. Hmm. Um, and there was actually, in 2021, uh, there was a writer from Barstool Sports. No way. <laughs> that um, was a pupil in Ariel. Wait. So somebody who went to that school then went to work at Barstool? Yeah. 
In June 2021, Barstool Sports writer Zah spoke in an interview about being a pupil in Ariel that day. No way. He recounted that he saw a bright light come down from the sky and aliens exit it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I looked this person up. Mm-hmm. I recognize him. That's crazy. Yep. So that was a really crazy sighting. And I can just, can you just imagine how chaotic and crazy if that was, if that's true, would have been. Like, all these kids are just running around outside. These ships descend and they're all like, what is that? And then these creatures come out. And a bunch of them start panicking and running away. Yeah. Some of them stay to watch and then, like, get telepathic messages. And then they all run inside. Imagine the teachers. Yeah. All these kids start screaming and running inside. Like, what the fuck was in all your kids' lunches? Right. <laughs> like, and then they're all like, no, it's fine. And they all go home to their parents, all tell them the same story. Yeah. And then they have all these parents being like, what? Uh, hello? Right. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. That's crazy. There are, like, so many sightings and abduction stories out there. So many that there's kind of, like, a list of alleged species of aliens. Interesting. So the greys Mm -hmm. are probably usually the most, um, like, consistent one. Um... They're gray-skinned humanoids, usually pretty short. Yeah. So, like, three to five feet tall. Okay. Hairless with large heads, almond black eyes, nostrils without a nose, slits for mouths, no ears, three to four fingers, including a thumb. Grays have been the predominant extraterrestrial beings of alleged alien contact since the 1960s. Interesting. Okay. And so, <clears throat> this is similar to the description that happened to um, Betty and Barney Hill. Yeah. This is also similar to what was reported in the Roswell incident. Okay. Now, there's another race called the Nordic Aliens. Or they're the from, Tall Whites. They're from Scandinavia. No, they just have stereotypical Nordic features. Interesting. So they're tall with blonde hair and blue eyes. They've been featured in several cases of contact. Um, and according to these alleged encounters with them. Yeah. It's said that they're from ancient Earth. Um, Weird. Have presented themselves as extraterrestrials in the past. Yeah. And... They moved from living on the surface to live underground around the Himalayas after a natural event. (laughs) So they apparently were, like, on the Earth before the Earth was what we know it as. Okay. And then something happened and they... Interesting. Um, There's also the reptilians. Yeah. Which are tall, scaly humanoids. Reptilian humanoid beings date back at least as far as ancient Egypt. Mm. With the crocodile-headed river god called Sabek. Mm. The reptilian conspiracy theory is talking about these. Yeah, okay, I feel like I've heard of this one-ish, kind of, so. Yeah, the reptilian conspiracy theory says they're supposed reptilian humanoids... 
uh, that are shape-shifting reptilian aliens that control Earth by taking on human form and gaining political power to manipulate human societies. Yeah, I've heard of this. Now, this is David Icke, who has primarily Mm. proposed this theory. Mm. Um, And he's stated on multiple occasions that many world leaders are or are possessed by so-called reptiles. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, this this sounds familiar. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of weird stuff out there. If yeah. you start digging into alien abduction and UFO sightings, yeah. there's a lot of really freaky stuff. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff for it that's like, all right. Yeah. No, I just looked up, because um, I, I really think that, like, Unsolved Mysteries had done this in the, their reboot. Mm-hmm. And so they did, there was an episode that came out in 2020 about, um, it says, residents of Berkshire County, Massachusetts, recall their baffling, terrifying experiences with the UFO on the night of September 1, 1969. Mm-hmm. So that, I feel like I, I remember watching that one because it was like, and it was crazy because it was like a whole county. Yeah. That was like, that we all experienced the mm-hmm. same thing. And it looks like they did maybe another one, um, a, a different season, and maybe that came out this year, last year. Um, in 1994, hundreds of people saw strange lights off Lake Michigan. So it's like, mm-hmm. they've got some interesting episodes, too. I've seen I've seen that one, the first one, but I haven't seen the second one. So mm-hmm. it's definitely compelling. Right? And so there are some typical themes that usually happen mm-hmm. in alien abduction stories. Uh, typical claims will involve forced medical examinations that emphasize... On the subject's reproductive systems. Yikes. Um, abductees sometimes claim to have been warmed against environmental abuses and the dangers of nuclear weapons. Oh. So, like, the aerial school would have been the environmental abuses one, but yeah. um, there's also a lot of UFO sightings around nuclear plants, weapons manufacturers, right. things like that. Um, and, or, in some of the freakier ones... Uh. Uh, abductees claim to have been engaged in interspecies breeding. No, I don't like that. <laughs> um, there's a lot out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's scary. I'm gonna have nightmares. <laughs> let's watch some Love Island. Yeah, there. I'm gonna have to, because I am, like, on edge after all of that. <laughs> and, um... There's, there's stuff all across the world. So I know yeah. I did two from the U.S. and one from Zimbabwe, but there's... I'm sure. Everywhere, and there's certain regions of the world that seem to be more hot spots for things like this, where they see stuff happen a lot more. Or I'm guessing the U.S. is one of those regions. Yeah, I think there's a lot. And then there's also different, like, rural parts of the U.S. that seem to see a lot of yeah weird stuff. I think that they're... Like, in Maine, there was a, um Air Force base, like, up in the county. Yeah. And there were a lot of, or not a lot, but there were, like, sightings up near mm. there. Interesting. That's scary. I don't like it. <laughs> but, like, I feel like, you know, you can hear all those stories and you can kind of come to your own conclusion on whether or not, like, that stuff exists. But I think that this, the... Uh, hearings are proof that they exist and the government knows. Yeah. And, like, they have proof and it's documented and they're doing research on it, so. Right. 
Like, it's like, is every story true? Probably not. Right. But is every story fake? Probably no. not. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Don't like that. I don't like it. <laughs> so. That's crazy. Wow. But yeah, if you're looking to get more info, especially on the Ariel school one, last podcast on the left did a very good podcast series. Like, I think it was at least a couple episodes Hmm. where they get into a lot more detail and it's even weirder than what you think. Okay. And I think they also did Barney and Betty Hill. Okay. Um, There's also been stories of alien abductions where people have been like, I think I was abducted and then they find something like embedded in their skin oh i don't like that yeah i don't like that (laughs) so there's a lot of stuff freaky stuff out there okay you can read up on it's kind of interesting to think about yeah if you want to give yourself nightmares like yeah and it's also spooky yeah (laughs) very spooky creeped out (laughs) (laughs) well sorry if we scared anyone listening yeah. Trigger warning. Trigger warning now that we've no. talked about it all. <laughs> <That's very laughs> Alright, well that wraps up our brief in relation to everything that's out there, conspiracy corner about aliens. Yeah. Brief in like everything that's out there, but not brief in time length. <laughs> right. Um But it was really interesting. And I'm freaked out, so thanks for that. You're welcome. (laughs) At least you live in an apartment building. True. With a bunch of other people around at all times. True. And I'm not on the top floor, so... uh, Aliens usually come from up top. Yeah. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't even want to think about it, dude. That's terrifying. I don't like it. Sorry. Like, yeah, I need some trash TV in my brain right? ASAP. <laughs> Just watch, watch a light palate cleanser. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, one thing that's kind of related to aliens is like cryptids. Things cool. like Bigfoot. You know, oh, that, yeah. That's yeah. a cryptid. Yeah. I feel like it'd be kind of interesting to talk about that. Yeah. Like what some of the more famous cryptids are. Because that's another thing. The Capybara. Cupacabra. Chupacabra? That's it. Cupacabra. <laughs> I always mix those two Capybara up. Capybara is a real that's animal. The, that's the water cow. We yeah. had one time I was telling my ass, I'm like, what's that animal? It's like a cow, but it's in the water. <laughs> yeah, that's not a cryptid. That's real. But uh, the and Chupacabra. Chupacabra. That's a cryptid, right? Yeah, you know why it's called Chupacabra. It's a vampire, right? The flies? It's a... It looks like a dog, kind of. Oh. And it sucks the blood out of livestock. That's right. Cows. Water cows. Oops. It sucks <laughs> the light, the blood out of capybaras. <laughs> Just kidding. So maybe so, one time we'll do... I'll that'll be fun. Deep, deep dive, dive into, into some... Yeah, we could each pick one cryptids. and do it. Yeah, yeah. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. It's gonna happen. Okay. Um, like one my favorite cryptid is the Mothman. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. He's a creature that apparently is seen 
in the area days before a natural disaster happens. No. <laughs> Why do you have to tell me all these things and then I get creeped out? Well, if you never see him, then you're fine. It's like a warning. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. But, like, it would be interesting to hear that, but I'm also scared. There's a movie about it. No! I don't... I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. No. From the Mothman prophecies. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now you know if you see that come up, you probably are not the target audience. Yeah. Like it's- that horror movie preview at Barbenheimer. Oh my god. That movie looked terrifying. It was for the sequel, or I don't think it's necessarily the sequel, but the they're newest, making another Exorcist yeah. movie. And at first I was like, ooh, this looks like true crime. This looks good. Well, so yeah, it starts, and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to like this. And I was like, oh, I do, because to me what it looked like is it was going to be a school shooting. That's what uh, I thought, because they showed... Like, children walking into school, and then it was, like, police and stuff. And I was like, don't, I don't want a movie about yeah. that. To me, it looked like these two girls got, like, abducted from school. Which they did. They did. Which they go <laughs> they missing did. in yeah. the woods, so and my, they come back. In my back. brain, it was like, oh, like, this is a true crime. Right. But then when they come back, they start acting weird, and then uh, oh it God, launches it into so a full scary. horror movie preview. And Emma was, was not so a fan scary. of it. I think that putting kids, there are two elements to horror movies that are terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. One of them is children, and the other one is, like, religious shit. Yeah, so exorcism movies are really not for you. Especially not if it's about kids having exorcisms. Being exercised? I don't know. Whatever mm-hmm. the word is there. But, like, that's worst case scenario. And then there's, like, church and stuff and like mm-hmm. priests like most, and shit and uh i feel like most horror movies that are about like hauntings are all they always have some religious yeah part to it yeah it's freaky yeah anyway that was a tangent but cryptids we'll get there it'll happen mm-hmm. yeah along the lines of that well anyway thanks for listening yeah thank you um like the podcast, please rate it, mm-hmm. follow and subscribe, mm-hmm. go on Instagram, TikTok, we're on there, mm-hmm. sometimes I post things, <laughs> Emma makes a lot of really good things and then I'm really bad at posting them, but I'm going to work on it, <laughs> but we're there, we're there. posted a lot of things, so you can go look at those things. Yeah, watch your back, <laughs> still funny. <laughs> um, but I think that's all we got for this week. Yeah. So, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, and thanks to Madison for doing all the hard work this week. <laughs> I needed a break. She nailed it. And Thank thanks, you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> all of you lovely people. Um, so, we'll catch you next time. Yeah. I'm Madison. I'm Emma. And we are Drunk, Drunk on a Monday. Monday.